0: The following program, Bits, Rhymes, and Life, is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network, geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fun geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com.
1: You know it's so funny how no matter what you do and accomplish in your life, You never know the thing that you're going to be most known for. You can create, you can teach, you can be very kind to people, you can um, build massive structures, but um, you could be known for that one little thing that you tripped over on the way to becoming who you would eventually become. And that's kind of what happened with me and Mega Man.
0: The Nerdy Show Network. Mega Man and Gamer Doc, Precent, Bits, Rhymes, and Life.
1: So people always ask me, hey, why Mega Man? Like, why are you so obsessed with it? Where did it begin? What happened? Because there must have been some sort of either traumatic or uh, just a, a hugely influential moment, or they call them a shatter point, that creates that moment where you will alter any history uh, that comes after that. Um, so, my moment was 1989. Now, that summer of 89 probably changed my entire life. Because a lot of amazing things happened in 1989. First, the TNN Square Massacre, which was an extreme tragedy. Um, Zsa Zsa Gabor was out slapping cops in Beverly Hills, uh, some great movies premiered like Star Trek V, Ghostbusters 2, and the One and Only Batman. I have given a name to my pain.
0: What are you? I'm Batman. How did you get those wonderful toys?
1: My life is really ah! Complex. When freak terrorizes, will they get a load of me? Now, Batman was a hugely influential movie to me. Uh, And to everybody in the neighborhood that I can remember, Batman medallions became the thing in 89 where everybody had to have a medallion. Now, there were these very pretty cheaply woven uh, leather medallion pieces with carved out bat insignias. And um, if you didn't have one, you just were not the cool kid in Philly. That's just the way it went. And so everyone... Was obsessed with Batman Now I remember after watching the movie I was still obsessed with Batman It's still one of the few movies that I know Every single word to Um, And even the soundtrack As weird as it is Following that up Batman was on everybody's mind But me as a kid I always wanted to be a little bit different And uh, so when I would Take to video games uh, Everyone was playing the Batman game I fell in love with a small little blue character called Mega Man and it all started with the July August 1989 issue of Nintendo Power now if you don't remember that's okay because it was really old um, the July August issue had Mega Man 2 on the cover and had a huge spread now at that time I just finished up 6th grade And every summer, we take a trip to South Carolina to go see family. All my family's in South Carolina. So we pack up the car, we go. I packed a bunch of books, maybe my Game Boy, and a bunch of other comics and things, and of course, my Nintendo Power Issue. So the entire time we're riding down, I remember reading this spread on Mega Man and seeing the colors and the graphics and just being so amazed. Uh, Now, right before that, My mother used to buy me sketchbooks because uh, this was a way to keep me creative without me damaging property. Because when I was very young, I had this thing about writing on walls. And it wasn't like graffiti, but it was just I wanted to write somewhere. So I would write on walls. So ever since then, I think I was like kindergarten. So ever since then, she would buy me sketchbooks and I would fill them up with my doodles. And I started doodling Mega Man characters, um, just trying to draw the bosses of Mega Man 2 like I was completely obsessed with Mega Man 2 now we spent a lot of money to go down south and we were kids um, we were uh, living pretty parallel with the poverty line and um, just kind of struggling to get by mom worked a bunch of jobs and, and she always made sure to get me anything that I wanted but there was a struggle definitely with money and uh, so when Mega Man 2 came out I believe it was like 50 bucks And my mother was not having that, so she did not buy me that game. But um, we were coming back to Philly from our nice, maybe we stayed about a month in uh, South Carolina. And we're coming back up north, having a good time. And I remember her telling me that she was not going to buy me this $50 game and to never ask. So we had this thing where we would go to the mall. And right before we got in the door, she would just look at me and she'd give me the speech.
0: Don't touch nothing. Don't look at nothing. Because you're not getting nothing.
1: And it was just every single time. And I'd be like, I know, I know, I know. And and I, even though I knew, I knew that once I saw Mega Man 2, I would still ask her and see what happened. Um, you know, it might get me a smack. But <laughs> it was worth it because you never know what she could say. Now, I'm going through the store. It was a store called Clover that was in the Shotham Mall in Philadelphia. Um, and we're walking around the electronics section. And, of course, I see Mega Man 2. But right next to it, I see this other game called Mega Man. And I'm like, oh, snap. Obviously, and it didn't click in my young mind until that moment that there was a Mega Man 2. So, obviously, there had to be a Mega Man 1. And so, I look at the Mega Man 1 box, and I'm totally thinking I must be mistaken, because the character does not look the same, he's not as vibrant, he's not colorful, he's an old-looking, mean dude, with his legs cocked open, and he's holding a pistol, and this is nothing like the Mega Man 2 that I've been reading up on for the last two months. So I'm thinking, this must be something different. But I look on the back, and the graphics look similar, so... Not as colorful, but same character. And my mother always told me, if anything, I only got games out of the, what they call it, the bargain bin, which is the 19.99 or less games. And to my surprise, and I was in luck, that Mega Man 1 was only $19.99. So I begged my mom, I said, hey, look, this game's only $19. Um, for some reason, we always, as kids, tried to take that $0.99 cents off. And we would round down instead of up, and we always like,
0: It's only $19, mom.
1: And uh, she looked at it and she
0: said, All right, well,
1: I'll get it for you, but this is the only game you're gonna get, so don't ask me for anything else anytime. And so I was in luck. I got my Mega Man game, and it was like the power up
0: game. I was like, "Mm -hmm."
1: Yeah. So. I was finally leveled up I had a Mega Man game and this was to me going to be as good of course as Mega Man 2 because I've been reading all up about it and no better way to get ready for part 2 than to play the part 1. So I took it home and I struggled a lot because Mega Man 1 is one of the hardest games ever for the NES and uh, I mean the timing Needs to be perfect for a lot of the the jumps and the, you know the, the bosses and things like that. So it's a very difficult game. Uh, music is good, um, but it's not Mega Man 2. And anybody will tell you that plays it. So, um, however, though, as my mother told me, I was stuck with this game, and I believe I was stuck with the entire summer um, because she would not buy me another game. She's just like, "You better play this game." And so when you're stuck with something, you learn how to play it. So, I would play Mega Man 1 every single day, and I was determined to master it. And, eventually I did. Um, we had to find out a trick um, for this boss called the Yellow Devil. And I think it was a Nintendo Power, or one of those where it was a pause trick, where you would have to hit pause over and over again while the Elect Man beam would hit him, and it would count as multiple hits. Now, it was a bit of a glitch, but it totally worked because, to me, that was the only way to beat that boss. Like the the Yellow Devil was an impossible boss to beat. But anyway, I finally beat Mega Man, and I'm excited. And I'm thinking, oh, now I can get a new game, right? And my mom's like, no. What do you think? You think we're rich? You can't buy a new game, but you can rent one. So that was it. Uh, My friend Zane, my next door neighbor and I, we went to West Coast Video and we rented Mega Man 2. We found it there with this nice big bright colorful box and I was so excited. We took it home, we played it. I mean, we were blown away. It was like the commercial where, you know, he's sitting in a chair and the hair is just blown back. Like, dude, this was crazy. Like, the graphics were awesome. The gameplay mechanics were so cool They added in the little items The number 1, number 2, number 3 items The sound effects were even cooler And especially the music The music was number 1 Far away, the best thing I'd ever heard Coming out of the Nintendo Entertainment System So we're like Completely hyped Uh, We pick it up and For whatever reason, probably because He was first, we pick Airman First, and Airman's probably not the best guy to start with. It's usually maybe you go with Metal Man so that you can start and get the Metal Blades and use them throughout the game. However, we started with Airman, and now every time I play Mega Man 2, I have to start with Airman. I don't care who or where or when. I have to. It's just a tradition. I've been doing it since 1989, 90? I don't know. For a very long time. So if I ever play Mega Man 2, I still have to start with Airman. It's just what I got to do. In fact, I'm probably going to play it after I finish doing this podcast. But anyway, so I played this game. I played at least my first one, Mega Man 2. I would play it until, like, I mean, my Nintendo was on the verge of overheating, I felt like. And, you know, I would feel the top of it and it'd be hot. The plug would be scorching hot. And the only way that I could take a break from Nintendo and, um, and still be able to hear the music that I loved was to record it so i grabbed my tape recorder which was called this kid this gaudy kids tape recorder that was like yellow red and blue and i sat it next to my little black and white tv hit record and i would record the entire soundtrack of mega man just because the best thing about it was you could pause and still hear the music and most games that and even today a lot of them When they take their time with the music, you can tell because they add in a feature that allows you to pause and still hear it. So that it lets you know how, you know, how much or how important music was to that game, because you could still hear it even when you weren't playing. And I think that helps a lot to get people to memorize and to have these tunes stuck in their head. I mean, it's the only way I can explain that. I still know all this stuff. So. Now, I'm recording stuff with my kid quarter, and the ironic part of this whole thing is 1989 is a very key month in hip-hop history because uh, one of the most influential... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot... Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash Achieve today. Hip-hop songs uh, was put into a movie that also came out in 1989 and that movie is Do the Right Thing which had a very important song by Public Enemy that started it off. 1989,
0: 1989 in number, another summer song.
1: sound of a funky drummer. So coming from that, ironically and I couldn't write this any better, is that my cassette had one side was Public Enemy that I had dubbed from my friend Mike, who was the rap tape king he had shoeboxes of rap cassettes, and I would just go to his house and just record songs off of various tapes, and the other side was Mega Man 2's soundtrack, so at this point, in 1989 I had no idea, but I was already the hip hop and gaming kid, um, and it's so funny how those things, like you said, those those little pieces of you that that are become more apparent as you get older, but they were there for so long, and I just didn't realize it. You know, that hip hop and gaming were right there together. Now, so I'm going to school, playing in my Sony Walkman, side A, Public Enemy, side B, Mega Man 2. You know, nothing could touch me. I'm strutting down the street, George Jefferson style. Where In my starter's jacket, I had a Raiders starter jacket because the Raiders were the team of the 80s and the 90s, um, especially for hip-hop. If it wasn't the Raiders, it was the Los Angeles Kings. And if it wasn't that, it was the UNLV running Rebels. Um, That was it. Like, those were the teams of the 90s, man. Those were hip-hop teams, like, to the fullest. And so you had to represent. Now, at the time, I hadn't... I don't think I even knew a player on the Raiders I just knew that the, the colors would fly And it was a really great jacket So I'd struck the school in my Walkman Play a Mega Man and play a Public Enemy The best thing about that is When someone asked me what I was listening to I was able to flip it real quick I had the auto-reverse so I could be like Yeah, I'm just listening to Public Enemy, you want to hear? And they'd be like, yeah, okay, that's cool Because if they knew I was listening to video game music They'd probably like laugh me off the school bus So I never really told people about that part But uh, I always had the public enemy there to to back me up in case I got into some mess. Now, I'd ride the school bus, read Nintendo Power as usual, and having my fun. Now, at this time, remember, I'd only rented Mega Man 2, so of course I had to return it. So I'm still playing Mega Man 1. And until the next year, which is 1990, I was then sent to South Carolina to live. My uh, granddad was sick, and so my mom and I decided to live with him uh, for a year down there. And during that time, 1990, another key hip-hop song in my life was Chub Rock, Treat Em Right, which appeared in 1990. That was so instrumental to my my summertime and my, my youth coming up in the South. I was the kid out there with the starter jacket, still getting kind of um, getting recognized, getting kind of attention from the ladies and things. It was pretty awesome, like being an East Coast kid and then coming to the South where everything's a little slower to get things a little later, and they see me with with cool stuff and they're like, man. Yo, you're cool, and so it was pretty easy to make friends. But at that time, you know, I didn't have any cool video games because we were poor. But you know, I had a cool jacket at least, and uh, so that jacket got me into a lot of cool circles of friends who would let me come over. You know, thanks to starter jackets and just knowing knowing things about hip hop and knowing things about music and and trends and all that that they didn't necessarily know about. And so we, I go over to their house and play some video games, and at that time. We began making trades, and I traded some of my old Nintendo games. I can't even remember what they were, but I had a collection of various bargain basement games, so I had to do some clever uh, Joe (laughs) Isuzu-style salesmanship to get kids to listen to me and want to actually play these games they had never heard of, games like Alpha Mission and Athena and Uh, man just so many and i remember a lot of them were by snk now no disrespect to snk but they made a lot of games that were in the bargain bin so you know they just happened to be there that's all um akari warriors was probably one of the top ones and uh but a lot of those games from snk were not exactly the business and so no one had heard of them and they're like man what what do you got so i'd have to hype it up like
0: never heard of athena yo athena's like the new mario brothers yo it's crazy dope
1: and they'd listen to me because i was a kid from the east coast and i was i was a slick talker so somehow i managed to make a series of blockbuster trades and wind up with Mega Man 2 so i'm playing through the game of course still loving it loving the music having the time of my life and uh, by that time though Capcom was ready to move on and cash in so they announced Mega Man 3 now I'm still playing Mega Man 2 because it was late I was late to it and I'm still loving it but I think it was Nintendo Power probably or Game Pro where I read about Mega Man 3 and I'm like oh shoot I gotta have it so Mega Man 3 came about and another $50 game that I just wasn't allowed to get so I'm still stuck on my Mega Man 2. Uh, I think some friends had Mega Man 3, and I went over to their house and played it uh, one Christmas in South Carolina. But I never owned Mega Man 3 until way later. So I remember staying inside the rest of that summer trying to beat Mega Man 2 um, and playing Mega Man 3 maybe on the weekends at my friend's house in in, uh, Rock Hill. And so later on after that, we would, when I was done with Mega Man 3, because I remember we played it together, I think I had a password. And so we would play it together until we beat it. And once we beat it, of course, I was ready for the next challenge. But before that, um, I went back to the sketchbook. And in my sketchbook, I made up my entire, my own, I guess now it would be called like a fan fiction, but it was Mega Man 4, uh, subtitled The Revenge. And, um, you know, based on, I guess, Double Dragon 2 had The Revenge. So this was The Revenge of Mega Man. And then my fanfic, mega man had like gone rogue because at the end of mega man 3 he saves the world and something crazy happens where dr wily does the same exact little you know beg for mercy but this time mega man says
0: no more
1: and then he points the buster at dr wily and then dr light comes out like
0: no don't do
1: it and then mega man just fires and then Dr. Light jumps in front of his friend like no don't shoot me don't shoot Dr. Wily but definitely don't shoot me and then and then Mega Man shoots with the buster and it hits Dr. Light now this puts Mega Man into a really really bad situation where he is now on the run so Mega Man goes rogue Dr. Wily's alive but he's in jail and Mega Man is like public enemy number one he runs away he's in hiding and everybody's looking for him so now you have to go through a game as the bad guy fighting like police bots so basically the um the robot masters are created by wally and everybody knows that they're created by wally to, to stop Mega Man. but it's now wally's the good guy and he's the only guy that knows how to stop him so the the bots are basically police bots and it was um it's an interesting story i wish i had that sketchbook still like I don't know. I may resurrect that. So don't steal that if you hear this out there. Okay. Thank you. Now, so I'm working on a uh, cool fan fiction. And then next thing you know, I hear, of course, in Nintendo Power that there's another Mega Man coming. Mega Man 4 coming soon. And I looked at the story and I was like, hmm, this isn't quite as cool as mine. And so honestly, at that time, I never played Mega Man 4. Like I skipped it. I didn't play four, I didn't play five, I didn't play six. Now, eventually time came where it was time to move back to Philly. Um, we moved back and the problem, I guess, was with that, or wasn't really a problem with moving because I, I actually enjoyed what I'd learned from all my friends out in South Carolina. But at that time, you know, I didn't have any friends that were into video games. All the, When I moved back, it was time for high school A lot of those kids were like, yeah, man, you know, games are for kids. We're we're older now. And so I didn't have as many gamer friends as I did. And then it was time to grow up and move into bigger and better stuff like the SNES. (laughs) So it was Super Nintendo time and uh, no one was still playing cutesy little 8-bit Mega Man. Um, But Mega Man X came out and uh, changed the game all over again. Uh, I think we rented that as well. Um, it was awesome graphics, and moved super fast The music was hard rocking And just high energy And I had a great time with that But again I, I wasn't concerned with the Mega Man Storyline anyway So it was good that Mega Man X jumped so far forward It wasn't even until recently Actually it was 2011, so a few years back That when we took a trip To Japan, our very first trip Myself and K Murdoch And Substantial and Marcus D And Asi Rock When we took our first trip to Japan, we actually managed to go to Akihabara and pick up a bunch of, you know, old Nintendo games. And so I grabbed all the classic Mega Man games. Um, And then after that, I met some people and I got the rest of the games on Famicom and on uh, NES. So I was able to play them when I got home. So I'm happy to say now, only just recently, have I played Mega Man's 4, 5, 6 seven and eight and uh although they weren't quite as cool as my story the revenge they were they're pretty good games and um i think six might be my favorite of the the later ones but i still had a good time with all of them and uh then the game boy ones that they released are also really cool um mega man 4 on game boy is amazing and uh so in my travels in the last few years i can finally say now that i've beaten every mega man so My quote-unquote obsession with Mega Man isn't exactly accurate. It's kind of over-romanticized. It's more like a Mega Man 2 obsession that just kind of spread through some residual effects and splash damage. Like, just kind of touched some of the other ones. But my true obsession is Mega Man 2 and 3. And um, outside of that, not super obsessed with the rest of the series. But um, I am proud to say that i now own them all and i've beaten them all or in this case i've rocked them all pun intended that's my story i'm sticking to it this is meg
0: ran and i'm gone peace thanks for listening to bits rhymes and life presented by the nerdy show if you like what you heard please rate and review us on iTunes or like and follow us on SoundCloud. Biz Rhymes in Life is hosted and narrated by Raheem Magaran with production and sound design by me, Kyle K. Murdoch. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend or funding the network via Patreon. Any size contribution gets you exclusive outtakes, episodes, and images from across the network. And there's even more perks available. Just head on over to patreon.com nerdyshow nerdy show. To find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other nerdy show programming, visit nerdyshow.com sponsorships. For more podcasts, articles, community forums, and other awesomeness, visit nerdyshow.com. And be sure to follow Nerdy Show at Nerdy Show on your favorite social networks. And you can find out more about the video game and hip-hop collaborations myself and Mega Rand do at bitsandrhymes.com. If it's geeky, we've got it covered. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well...